My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. What do you get when you mix a slew of job openings with a pandemic-induced backlog of promotions? The answer just might be your new boss. I'm Erin Delmore, and this is As We Work from The Wall Street Journal. Let's face it. Few words can strike fear into the hearts of workers like, meet your new boss. After all, you've spent all this time figuring out your old boss. What makes her tick? What ticks her off? And most importantly, how to get on her good side. So when a new manager joins an organization or someone is newly promoted to the role, there's a heck of a lot of learning to do. And it's not just on their part. We're learning how to decipher your boss's owner's manual later on in the show. But first, we're going to find out why there are so many new bosses right now and the challenges they're facing in adjusting to their new roles. They're learning not just how to manage their direct reports, they're also learning how to manage the expectations from their own bosses. And it turns out, the way bosses behave and communicate in this new hybrid world has an outsized impact down the chain. The cloud software company Salesforce did its own internal research and found that workers now consider their direct supervisor their most trusted source of information, and not the company's leadership. That's a 180 from before the pandemic. Wall Street Journal reporter Chip Cutter covers workplace, management, and leadership issues in the journal's corporate bureau. Chip, tell us, are these new boss situations more common now because of the pandemic? They are more common. Think about it. There's been layoffs at a number of big prominent companies, reorgs inside organizations where teams might have been combined. Some teams might have new bosses or there just might have been turnover over the past couple of years during the pandemic where because so many people did change jobs, you might be reporting to someone completely different. You may not have a relationship with that person. And because this current moment is so complicated and weird, you're saying that we're seeing a lot of bosses pick up, head to a new company or maybe a new team. So essentially, lots more new bosses. Lots more new bosses. And so bosses are trying to get a sense for what they need to do, right? Who who reports to them? What does every individual need? Where does the team need to go to fit the company's goals? And so if you're an employee, you're trying to suss this out and figure out how do you get a relationship with the boss. And if you're a boss, you're trying to figure out who are your high performers, who needs work, how do you do all this, and how do you think about what's ahead? And what makes it so challenging? They join a new team, they're trying to get the lay of the land, but what are some of the roadblocks that they're facing? Well, some of it is just that oftentimes managers have to kind of manage their team while doing a, another job entirely. And so they, they oftentimes aren't rewarded for doing the things that we know work, like listening and having one-on-ones and, you know, being there to really help guide uh, everyone on their team. They might have, you know, lots on their plate they're trying to balance. And particularly now when organizations have gotten flatter, you know, bosses might have bigger teams than before. They might have new responsibilities and they're trying to navigate sort of the current economic climate, which does look a little bit murky. And I think that all just puts pressure on on bosses. Right. And the thing that we should not forget is that while new bosses are trying to figure out how to manage their employees, they're also looking up, aren't they? And trying to figure out how they can impress the people above them. That's right. They're looking up and they're trying to do that. I mean, I think what Salesforce found is really interesting. I mean, they did research internally and they found that people really just look to their own immediate supervisor even more than the leaders of a company. You know, someone wants to know what really matters in a company, how should we actually be working, they're going to go to their own boss. And so it's just like how a boss operates, what a boss does on a team, it matters so much. It's a, it's a challenging job and, and, it's, and it is different right now. 
Well, it can also be an isolating job, right? Because you don't have a lot of peers who you're interacting with moment to moment. That's right. You don't. And and you oftentimes, like, you can't go to your own employees and say, like, oh, my goodness, like, you won't believe what someone just asked me or, or I'm having to do with this. Not a good venue for that venting. <laughs> Not a good venue for venting. So hopefully there's another manager you can go to, but it can be isolating. And you certainly hear that sort of the higher up you go in an organization. Um, you know, a lot of CEOs talk about this all the time about feeling like it is a bit of a, a lonely, if well-paid job. Well, do you have a sense of how some of these new bosses are adjusting to their roles well? What are they doing that works? Yeah. So so one is just being uh, present and sort of not going into a job with a lot of preconceived ideas. So managers that I've talked to who have really transitioned well have said that they've gone in and just asked everyone on their team to explain what's working, what's not. Mm. Some have created Google Docs where they've said, give me the three bullet points on like what we need to fix inside our organizations right now. Or if we're trying to meet this goal on a project, like what's preventing us from doing that? Sometimes just exercises like that have been enough to help managers understand the dynamics of the team yeah. and also to make employees feel like they're being heard. Because I think yep. that's a frustration. If a new boss is in the role and they don't understand what's happened before, it can be it can just lead to sort of a lot of resentment across the board. That makes a lot of sense. The folks who are there want to feel like their expertise, their opinions, everything they've learned along the way isn't just evaporating because their boss left the team and someone new came in. That's right. Well, how about the ones who aren't adjusting to their new roles very well? What's tripping them up? Well, oftentimes it's the bosses who come in with a lot of ideas, and some of them might be good, but they sort of just bulldoze over everyone. They say that this is this is the way it's going to work. I've got a lot of good ideas. I got this job for a reason, and and perhaps there's a there's room for that sometimes. But I think it's that can be something that really just rubs employees the wrong way, right? You have done this job as an employee. You know what's going on, and a boss just says, "No, no, 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 disregard everything. I've got the plan," and I think that can sometimes really bother people. Takes a little bit of a softer touch than that, huh? I, I think so. What about folks who are elevated to the role of boss, but they've been on the team? You know, the, the role is new to them, but the team, the department, the company isn't. That's one of the trickiest transitions, going from an individual contributor to someone now managing a team because your friends might not be in the same position. You've never uh-huh. done this before. You don't know how to sort of strike that balance between being a leader on the team versus being just a, a, an employee. It's really hard. It's one reason why a lot of companies have started rolling out more coaching to employees, just realizing like they probably need a little more support to do this right. Hmm. Some companies have really tried to bolster management training, saying this is a skill. You have to sort of learn to do it better, and it's going to take time. Yeah, that's interesting. It's sort of a movement away from, well, the manager is the employee who is best at the job to the manager is the person who can best manage people. Absolutely. So, Chip, what do you think new bosses wish their employees knew about their role? I think the number one is that the job is complicated and that they need time. I Mm -hmm. think sometimes employees expect new bosses to understand everything immediately. And and maybe some are, are quick learners and, and are getting up to speed fast. But but I think a lot of new bosses say, hey, just like just work with me. Realize I'm operating in good faith here. I'm trying to do my best. I think just a little bit of patience all around can really help with this. Uh, that's such a good mantra. Like there might be some mistakes. It might not be, you know, a slam dunk every time, but the mistakes are honest and operating in good faith. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. There might be some weird meetings. There might be a couple of awkward one-on-ones, but let's hope that over time we get into a better groove. In other words, assume best intentions from your new boss. But how do you get them to assume the same from you? Wouldn't it be great if your new boss came with an owner's manual? Like a car. Or a kitchen appliance. Except this time, it's for dealing with their quirks and idiosyncrasies. Getting that kind of guidance is possible. 
if you ask the right questions. That's next. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. When a new boss comes on board, a reshuffle of sorts can ensue. Social capital the kind that leads to promotions and great assignments, or simply not getting thrown under the bus, is up for grabs. Former favorites of the old boss need to earn that cachet back. Team underdogs have a chance for a fresh start, and everyone can get a leg up by helping the boss get up to speed. But forgive the new supervisor if they seem a bit distant. They're probably just trying to figure out how to impress their new boss. It's a difficult balancing act. But Leanne Davey is equipped to spell out the do's and don'ts. She advises teams on how to do their best work, which is how she earned the nickname the Teamwork Doctor. She's worked with hundreds of teams, including more than two dozen global Fortune 500 companies like Amazon, Walmart, TD Bank, Google, Bayer, and Sony. You might think, especially if you've been at an organization for a long time, that you don't need to generate that kind of cachet with a new boss. But Leanne says bosses are human, too, and it's worth building trust from the get-go. So I want to think about the different ways that you're going to earn the trust, because ultimately it's about trust with, a, with any boss, but especially with a new boss. The most fundamental layer of trust is about how connected we are as people. So the first thing you want to be thinking about with your new boss is, have I created a connection with them? Do they understand me as a human? Is my behavior predictable to them? Are they starting to understand any of my idiosyncrasies? So we want to create a strong connection. The next step is about their confidence in you, which is about your competence and your credibility. So it's really important that you establish that you know what you're doing, you have the skills to be successful. Because of course, one of the things we don't think about is that our bosses are very vulnerable to us. Are they? Yeah, of course they are. Because how they show up to their boss depends on whether their mm. team does their job well. So you need to increase your new boss's confidence that you're competent, you know what you're doing. So you're telling me that my boss needs me to understand how they want to work and respect them so that they look good to their boss. Absolutely. I think sometimes we forget that, that bosses are human and bosses have bosses. And so they are <laughs> equally vulnerable and worried. So remembering that can really, really help to know that, hey, if I can be a net positive for them in trying to get out of the gates well and show themselves to be a great choice to their manager, that's going to put me in a better position. The third thing with a new boss is making sure you are really clear with them about what they expect of you, making sure that you have milestones and that you're showing you're going to deliver. And really importantly, if anything is going sideways, showing them that you're going to come to them with advanced notice, with the time to, to 
find a fix. And finally, the last level is integrity. And this is one a lot of us get wrong. So maybe the previous boss, we didn't have a great relationship with them. And this is our big chance to win favor and get brownie points with the new boss. And so in those first conversations, we maybe say something negative about the previous boss or, or about one of our teammates. Well, these are things that are going to cause your integrity to take a hit with that new boss. What can I do in my first meeting with my new boss to set myself up on the right foot? Yeah, so I would say you want to get a balance of sharing things that you are sharing with them and of asking and seeming curious and being interested in who they are, what they like, what they're paying attention to. I refer to this process as trading owner's manuals. Hmm. So if you buy a new dishwasher, especially if you change brand of dishwasher, sometimes you have to put the bowls in in a different way so that they get clean <laughs> or the cutlery goes in completely differently. And so That's true. Right? Well, bosses yeah. are kind of the same. So you, you want to have that owner's manual conversation. And then it's completely beneficial for you to share a few of the, here's what you're going to learn about me. Here's where I'm at my best. Here's what I really value getting from a boss. Well, Leanne, you're not kidding because you have this owner's manual and I've seen the worksheet of it. <laughs> I want to have some fun here and I want to yeah. run through this with you because okay. I was surprised by some of the questions. And honestly, I was surprised by how helpful this might have been to know about people I've worked for <laughs> in the past. So I'm going to ask you some. Oh, the first good. question is, morning for me is, you have three checkboxes, my most productive time, my least productive time, or torture. <laughs> yeah. And for me, my most productive time. Okay, got it. And then there's a spot that says, in the mornings, please, blank. Don't talk to me. Leave really? Me don't me. talk to so, me? <laughs> uh, I'm an author, right? So, And I'm a writer. So I have to write a lot of words every week. And if, I am not, if I'm not writing those words, and if they're not done by about 1030 in the morning, they're not happening that day. So the best thing my colleagues can do for me is stay out of my way between 630 and 1030. There's a whole section here about stress. And I'm intrigued by that because we spend so much time trying to hide the things that make us stressed, Yeah, you know? And here it is in black and white. I get stressed when yeah. blank. You yeah. can tell because I blank. The way you can help me is by blank. And I mean, gosh, it seems to me like it could go well or that could just be a whole can of worms with your clients. Yeah. So it, it goes wonderfully when there are two things present. I find vulnerability in, in the corporate world only works if it is paired closely with accountability. Putting the two together says, um, you know, I get stressed out when, and this is true, when I have too many things on the go at once. That's my big problem. You'll know because I'll have 20 tabs open on my computer. <laughs> and what I need you to do is help me or tell me what's the one single most important thing I need to be paying attention to right now. So it's vulnerable to say, I tend to kind of get overwhelmed. And if I just said that, the boss might be like, yikes. That's what I'm thinking. Right. I mean, if you say that, suddenly your boss is thinking, oh, she can't multitask. Right. So we want to pair vulnerability with accountability, which is, so what I'm doing to make sure I don't get overwhelmed is when we meet, I'll ask you, what do you need done first? Or I'll ask you, is that something that can wait? Could I enlist help on that? So you'll hear me asking for things that help me to stay on top of my priority list. So when we pair vulnerability and accountability, then people go, oh, wow, she's not going to hide if she's struggling. She's not going to be someone who sort of goes underwater and I don't know. 
but she's also going to take responsibility. She takes ownership. She's managing this. Wow, she seems to be like on top of her game. Okay, so my roadmap when I'm sitting down with my new boss for the very first time is to show that vulnerability paired with accountability. Yep. Here's who I am and here's how I'm going to make this fit into what we all need to get done. Exactly. But Leanne, what if it's not going well? (laughs) And I have no idea what I did or what I said or if we just don't jibe, but I don't feel like this is working out with the new boss. What do I do? It's really easy to jump to a conclusion, oh, they don't like me, when it's not that they don't like you. It's they're so busy fretting about about impressing their boss, they don't even realize that they maybe aren't giving you the signs that, that it's going fine. So I would always get a little bit of a sanity check from somebody else if you can. And then if you are questioning, don't ever go in saying, you know, I get the sense I'm not your favorite person. <laughs> you don't want to put words in your boss's mouth. You don't okay. want to ever tell them what they're thinking or how they're feeling. But you do want to ask them, you know, how could I, you know, how could I be better aligned with what you need? What else um, could I be delivering? Are there things I need to be paying attention to that I haven't been yet? What do I need to know? Those kinds of questions that give your boss more of a a blank canvas to reflect back to you what they'd like to see more of or less of. The other questions that I really like, because they're just a little bit softer, I love to ask about, you know, you know, what have you loved so far in working with me? And what do you wish? Somehow that question, what do you wish, is a little bit easier prompt for, for a new manager to give you feedback than just like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> Yeah, or what? Right. So, just what? Do, what do you wish? What do you love? What's gone really well? What's come out of the gates effectively? And and what do you wish? Uh, might be another great way. That sounds to me like something a manager could say to their employees too, right? The new yeah, boss works could easily turn and too. say, "What do you love? What do you wish?" And I mean, tell me about how this relationship can can work both ways. You know, yeah. if that's one element that a new boss can pull, what else should the new boss be doing to build relationships with her team or his team? Yeah, the new manager really needs to be thinking about, am I making my expectations clear? One silly but potent example I give to managers all the time is to check whether their um, their expectations are full of adjectives. Huh. So you need to be really collaborative on this, or I want it to be innovative. Or if your expectations are full of adjectives, you are, the adjectives are slippery and squishy and really not good for having people impress you or live up to your expectations. So a new manager should be thinking about, okay, when I say collaborative, what behavior am I looking for? Because some people are going to get the boss's message saying, you know, you need to be collaborative with the finance team. And it's like, well, I CC'd them on the email or they're on the Slack (laughs) channel. Doesn't that count as collaborative? So um, for a new manager, stripping away that and saying, okay, collaborative to me looks like engaging these stakeholders in a meeting, um, being able to come back to me with what their thoughts were, you know, that sort of thing where you're being, so you want to take out adjectives and replace them with nouns and verbs. (laughs) Do this with them, to whom, by when. Um, And you'll find that as a new manager, if you felt like, oh, these people aren't competent or they're not reliable, it's like, well, maybe it was just that you weren't setting clear expectations. And so going to the effort to make your expectations really objective, um, very concrete, uh, you're going to see a huge, huge benefit. 
of that owner's manual, it's a two-way street. And while I don't see myself telling a new boss not to talk to me in the mornings, I would love it if it became the standard that phone calls at night are for emergencies only. Next time on the show, we're talking about how to stand out not only to your boss, but to the whole organization. It doesn't mean you're indispensable. It means you're invaluable. And if you don't know the difference, we'll tell you why it's worth finding out. Like the show? Tell your friends to subscribe. And give us a five-star review on your favorite platform. As We Work is a production of The Wall Street Journal. Charlotte Gartenberg is our producer. Jonathan Sanders is our booking producer. Scott Salloway is our supervising producer. Jessica Fenton is our sound designer and composed our theme music. I'm Erin Delmore. See you next time.